Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colts Cast. We're here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts Cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo, what's going on? Man, I'm looking at this Titans game, and that's what's really going on. What's up? Hey, everybody, please be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at the Colts Cast. We're almost at 500 followers. Let's get yes. it. Thank you, guys. And our Instagram is at ColtsCast. Not only will you see new episodes posted on there, but you will see posts from us, polls we run, hot, exciting highlight videos, and anything in between. Also, we've started our YouTube. We're uploading our video cast on there. So if you prefer to listen on YouTube, or even you're just a diehard ColtsCast fan, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. We want to do live sessions in the future, so check us out there. So... One, one, and one. That's our record. It is. Yeah, that's better than 0 and 3, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what else is, is crazy about that one, one, and one? What's up? Hey, I mean, if you watch it on YouTube, you'll definitely see, but I'm pretty sure your jersey got a couple ones on it, don't it? Mm-hmm. Don't Michael it? Michael Pittman. Oh. Came in, baby. I told y'all I ordered it right after that catch. <laughs> right after that KC game. Mm. Overnight shifted FedEx. It's on me right now. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Pittman, a dog, and I want to say, and I'm going to still stand to this, he is a top 15 receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. I, I personally think so. I had some had some uh, Colts fans. I don't even know. They might have not even been Colts fans, but I had some users come at me for that, saying he's not a top 15 receiver. I I think he barely squeezes in. So he's at that 14 or 15 slot. What do you think, Jamal? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think he barely squeezes in. But his trajectory right now, we are on pay, he's on pace for 1,600-plus receiving yard uh, seasons. So I think that if he continues on this trajectory, he'll easily fit into that top 15. I think the season is just getting started early for him. Matt Ryan, well, we'll go into detail later on throughout the pod about what we need for them to explode to the next level. But I I, I do feel that if the stars do align the way they they, they should, he'll easily be a top 15. Yeah, he's averaging 94 and a half yards a game. It's only been two games since he was hurt one game. So don't know. I I bet that number goes a little bit down. Regresses to the mean. Um. But let, let, let's talk about the week four matchup. Key divisional matchup. Sunday, 1 o'clock against the Titans. We're still at home. A loss here can really dampen the morale moving forward, in my opinion. Jamal, what do you think? I think that you are absolutely correct. And I think that Jim Mercy also knows that as well because he has been on Twitter all day talking about how you gotta be bleeding blue in the stadium <laughs> um so i think he's also in the same feeling and eric you know what man just because why not life happens i'm just gonna go to the game again on sunday so i'm gonna get more live content for look us. at you man just so we can see it again in action and i'm gonna going make to sure every home game hey i would love to i would absolutely love to 
But I'm going to make sure we don't have any typos this time, y'all. I was just so excited when I was in the crowd that when I was typing <laughs> on Twitter, man, my fingers, I was like, yo, I can't, I'm trying to get it up real quick. But no, I do I do agree. We we have to win this game. This is, we know what happened with the Titans. Every time we play them, we are absolutely have to win. Yeah, I want to say they swept us last year. Unfortunately, I think one was in overtime. But look, new year, new me. That's what I like to hear. So, Jamal, I'm going to pass it off to you. Who will hold the Russian crown at the end of our game? Ooh, man, as much as I want to just come out and say JT and that's it and just walk off, you can't just say it that easily because this has been this has been a wild three years for both these running backs. Derrick Henry, of course, had the Russian title 2019 and 2020. JT took it last year. Of course, Derrick Henry got injured last year, so we don't know what the outcome of that would have been. But I just want to kind of go down memory lane for a couple minutes for us talk about stats because JT versus the Titans. So in November of 2020, 12 yards that game. Uh, that was his you know, first season in the league. It wasn't the hottest one. He had the fumbling issues and all that going on. So he wasn't really that main guy. But then we move on to 2021 in September, 64 yards off of 10 attempts, averaging 6.4 carries, not the hottest either. And then October of 2021, 70 yards with 16 attempts. So again, we see not his best streak for what we saw, especially when we look at last year when he was averaging those 100-yard games. And we know that when he was averaging 100 yards per game, we were 8-1. and one. So hence, below 100 yards, that's why we had these two losses. I think it just kind of goes, the correlation is there. You can't argue mm-hmm. with, with the numbers. So then we have to take a look at Derrick Henry. November of 2020. 103 yards off of 19 attempts. November, um, the second game, November 2020, 170, 178 yards off of 27 attempts. And then September of 2021, 113 yards off of 28 attempts. But then October of 2021, 68 yards off of 28 attempts. So you found a little kryptonite maybe uh, last year for not an October game. But those numbers, man, we see that his efficiency was there in 19 and 20, and even that first game in 2021. So now I'm going to go a little more in depth for us. We look at Colts right now, third best run defense, averaging 77 yards per game for, for the run. That's awesome. You know that That's great. But we have to remember the three teams we've played. Jacksonville, who's averaging 123.3 yards a game. Kansas City, who averages 93 yards a game rushing, and Houston, who averages 83 yards a game rushing. So that's not the very that's not a super strong core. Not not taking anything away from our 77 yards per game because I think that's great. But that sample size we have there, it's it's 123 all the way down to 83. That's a 40 yard you know 40 yard gap that we have there. So I think that makes it kind of tough to truly look at it. But I feel good overall because the Titans are averaging 94 yards a game. Um, and we know that typically, historically speaking, Derrick Henry doesn't heat up until December. So I say all of that to tell you, JT will win this one for us. I'll have to agree. And here's my reasoning. Derrick Henry, he has not been as, as efficient as Taylor on the ground. We're talking 3.6 yards per carry versus 4.7 yards per carry so far this year. But, I mean, that's a yard and some change. I mean, that that's a big gap. They also haven't been feeding Derrick Henry to an assertive amount this year as opposed to last year. Not to mention our run defense is top-notch, just like you said. But also, 
were ranked first in the league in opponent yards per rush attempt at 2.6. So you want to see what they're getting off every attempt. Maybe not, you know, how much they've accumulated so far a game, but per attempt, 2.6. Oof. That's really good. I like that. Then you throw in that Tennessee is dead last in that category at 5.8 yards per attempt, and you get a recipe for Jonathan Taylor absolutely crushing Derrick Henry's numbers this game and hold down that rushing crown. I mean, all the numbers are aligning together. Of course, anything can change, but it, it would take a lot for all of this to go Derrick Henry's way. Plus, we need JT. He needs to have a good game, and I want him to see him get above the others who are already above him in rushing yards. We're talking Nick Chubb, Cordero Patterson, Saquon Barkley. I think those are the three right now that's above him in total rushing yards. So I would love to see a 135-yard rushing game from JT off 18 carries. That would be beautiful. Maybe two touchdowns sprinkled into there. So, yes, rushing crown, I think. Of course, we're Colts fans, but... It, the numbers don't lie, Jamal. You ain't lying. They don't. They do not lie one bit. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen, and I'm not going to lie to you either, man. I, I I had a question about Jelani I wanted to talk about, but because we're talking about how important these stats are for them, I just want to skip this one and go straight into the O-line because I think that that will tie in hand-in-hand hand with what we're talking about here. So are we too concerned with the O-line and their performance, or should we be more concerned with what's going on with O-line and their performance? Um, I, I, can, I can speak on it first if you want me to, or I'll let you go. I'm fine either way. We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues. Uh-huh. Uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. Man, you want to play rock, paper, scissors? Nah, Let's just go, it. man. Just go, just go. <laughs> All, right. All right, so I'm going to work backwards. First off, I want to just talk about the fact that Jonathan Taylor has not been the Jonathan Taylor we know. And I think it's a multitude of things. Uh, first off, I he missed practice today. And I don't know if you know this, Eric, but this is his first time ever missing practice. High school, college, NFL. That's wild, the thing. Dude has always really? been yeah. there. Yeah. At durable. First, man, durable, man. It's, it's nuts. But that's what scares me most about our O-line and the Johnson Taylor situation where he only had one great game so far is I don't know if 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 he trusts the O-line. I know the O-line can't trust themselves because there's no way you'd be playing at this this low of a level with this many air quote elite players that we have that we spent all this salary cap on. Mm. But they can't seem to get it together. So if you can't trust each other, how do you expect your world-class running back to trust you? And I think that Jonathan Taylor tries every single play. He does, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine how frustrating it is. Every time you get the ball, you're already getting hit in the backfield. And I know an early episode, 
I talked about how JT was the man after contact. His after contact yards were like 1,200 and something last year, which was wild because that was more than a lot of running backs were averaging for the entire or half for the entire season. But when you're getting hit two yards in the backfield, I mean, what do we expect? You know, we're already six feet behind the line of scrimmage at this point. That can't happen. So I, I am concerned with the O-line because I don't know that Jonathan Taylor necessarily trusts them. I, I definitely feel like you can't trust running to the left side behind Matt Pryor because that's just a shit show in itself. You, I mean, you just can't trust that. But I'm nervous about Danny Pinter as well. I mean, obviously, Braden Smith, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. You know, um, Ryan Kelly is saying that it's just communication. I think there's more than communication because Ryan Kelly played at Alabama. Nick Saban preaches communication. You know that. He will he will go off on them when they're up 65 to 0 because they're not communicating. So I don't want to hear that it's communication that's the issue. Quinn Nelson played at Notre Dame, one of the best guards to ever step foot on Notre Dame's campus, one of the best linemen, I should say, to step foot on Notre Dame's campus. Are you telling me he has communication issues? No, 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 no. That that those just that just doesn't correlate. It does not work like that. Matt Pryor, yes, we lost Costanzo, and and I think that we are 110% feeling it. 250% feeling Costanzo not being here anymore because I don't think they trust me. They're like, the fuck is Matt Pryor doing? They don't, I don't think they, like I don't know what it is with him, but dog, I cannot continue. I can't continue to watch him just get beat. He's too big. He's too too big too. I I I harped I harped during the uh, um the drafty episode with Bernard Raymond about how his size was almost to where a tackle should be, and I said Matt Pryor is the grade A tackle size because he's blah blah blah, eating those words, man. Because it has bit us, <laughs> it has bit us so hard, and I'm tired of it. They don't trust Matt Pryor. I I 110 believe that, but the problem is is no one's helping the situation. Q. Ryan, like y'all are D1 mega athletes or were D1 mega athletes. You went to power five schools. You got to take this in your own hand and run with it. Because if you want JT to get the ball and ball out every single game, y'all got to be on your A game. Yo, if Danny Pinter's not feeling it, get him out. Get Fries in there. If Braden Smith ain't feeling it, get him out of there. If Pryor ain't doing it, do something. Yo, Eric. That is the only group on the field who spends every single play together. They don't ever substitute. This is this is the most substitution I've ever seen out of an offensive line in my life. Besides injuries or just completely just terrible offensive lines, you typically don't have a lineman leave out during the second quarter because he needs a rest. No, it don't work like that. You're not a defensive lineman. We're not little pansies on the field. Dog, the O-line is out there every single play the entire time working in unison. It's a five-part machine. Eric, if you got one cylinder in your five-cylinder engine, which they don't even really make, if you got one cylinder not firing, guess what? The four ain't going to work. So get get the fifth one together, make it happen, and figure out what's going on. Because we are wasting JT's year when (laughs) when we're doing this. So that's what scares me about him trying to get this Russian title this year. And that's my rant. I'm done. Wow. That was all improv. I didn't have a single note about that. Yeah, when did you... <laughs> when did you record that verse? My God, dog! I can that. do this all day. Awesome. <laughs> Jesus! Oh my goodness. Okay. I don't know how to add to that. Danny Binter send him to the gulag. I'm still on that train. <laughs> I guess I'll. So yeah, I I do want the O line to perform better. I think we've heard that from every Colts fan 
every analyst, every Colts beat writer, they they see their O line is not performing to what it should be. And it's factored into a lot of things. So I'm gonna talk about the offense in the broad a broad aspect instead of I mean, you just grilled our O line. I, th- I think it's a bigger picture. Um, Colts fans, we're officially ranked last in points per game at 13.3. Dead last. How are we a playoff team like that? I don't know. That means every single team is essentially better than us on offense. We've played some good defenses, like Jacksonville. They, they've been they've been a surprise in the AFC South. I'm not going to lie. I didn't expect that organization to turn around like this. I know we're early in the season, but, I mean, they shut us out. They took out the Chargers. You have to be happy if you're a Jaguars fan right now. Jacksonville, they're holding opponents to a remarkable 12.7 points per game. Kansas City and Houston, they've been about average, so they're in the middle of the pack. Um, Astonishing to say the least, but I kind of believe in the law of averages. I project us even out to a higher number than that 13.3 points per game. I do believe that, but how do we get there? How do we make this number better? Well, one, it sounds like a broken record, and Jamal just explained it in five minutes, but offensive line play has to be better. We need to give Matt Ryan time in the pocket because his ability to extend plays is limited, very limited. I don't. It, it might be non-existent at this point. He's not very mobile. We knew this coming in. When we signed Matt Ryan, we knew this. It's his weakness right now, and we have to play to our strengths. Not everyone gets a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. We have to play to our strengths, no matter what the quarterback is. That's why we scheme for that quarterback. That's why we have a coaching staff. We we have to play around the quarterback's strengths. Otherwise, we're going to be turnover prone like we have been. What's it, seven? Seven fumbles now? Uh, four interceptions? Five interceptions? I, I don't know. But it's it's way too many. It's way too many over three weeks. So in order for his fumbles to not keep accumulating, we have to make some changes. And I'm surprised none has really happened. You know, if Danny Pinner doesn't work out or Matt Pryor doesn't work out, why don't we make changes? Change the depth chart up. See what happens. Whether that be for a few drives few snaps. I don't know. Let's just see. Quarterback pressure. It's just, it sucks that Matt Ryan's pressured all the time. It's going to cause him to make these YOLO throws, an erratic throw. We don't need that. We can't give these opportunities to the defense. Speaking of blocking, I know we're coming at the O-line. What about our tight ends? What about our receivers? I saw some running plays where receivers were just completely missing their blocks on the last game. Blocking is super important. Offensive linemen, non-offensive linemen, still super important. So receivers, tight ends, you guys are still obligated to block, just like the offensive line is. Second, our receivers need to get better at getting open. I saw a PFS stat the other day that said offenses with the lowest rates of pass catchers being considered open or wide open. (sighs) <sighs> Jamal, do you want to guess where we were at at the 32 Dog. teams? <laughs> hey, just just tell me, man. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Second worst in the league. Yikes. The Saints were behind us, Jesus. which I thought was crazy. That is. I mean, they got Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. I don't know. They they have some 
experienced receivers and some good prospects out there. Then the Bears were ahead of us at 30. But yeah, 37% of the time were considered open or wide open. The Bears receivers are above us, Jamal. Do you know how bad that is? Can you name me one receiver on that squad? Nope. I, I can. Darnell Mooney. Oh, yeah. I, forget about I, I know a few others just because I know, but you ask the average fan, they I don't know if they'll even say Darnell Mooney because the Bears passing game is awful. I don't know. <laughs> I think they passed like 11 times the other, t- <laughs> the other game. Which is crazy. I don't know how you pass the ball eleven times in this in this passing heavy league and and expect to succeed. But anyway, off the Bears. So, this stat could be misleading. I will say that it might not be all on the receivers, as Matt Ryan has been pressured on so many dropbacks that I don't even know if the receivers have time to run their routes. Still, we're second last in the league. So, I. I I would say it's worth noting we have to get better in that department. Don't you think, Jamal? 100%. I hate how we have to, every podcast, I just know. take a shit on our team. But, you know, <laughs> hey, I, I got to point, point out two more things with that, too. Uh, and, I, and I promise I'll be done. I'm not going on another rant about it. But, number one, I saw something talking about Matt Ryan's release time, how how good it's been, you know, I think 2.3 seconds, something weird like that. Don't call me on the exact number because I don't want to be incorrect. But when you don't have anybody blocking, you better get rid of the ball because if not, you can go get smoked, which brings in the next statistics. So right now, Eric, we are on pace, or Matt Ryan is on pace to get sacked 68 times this season. That's 10 more times than the Bears last season who were number one. 10 more times. They got sacked 58 times last year, speaking of them. Right behind them are the Ravens and the Bengals. So I think 55 and 53 or something of that sort. But my point is, is when I say that, when I think of the Bears, when I think of the Ravens, I think of the Bengals, when you think of their quarterbacks, what can all three of their quarterbacks do? Move. They they can all move. So it's expected mm. for them to have more sacks because whenever they start going backyard football style where they roll out a pocket and all of a sudden a tackle can't turn his back to see what's going on, then yes, a defensive end can swim you, you get sacked, et cetera, et cetera. So I expect the Ravens, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Bears, these teams like that to have more sacks. But when you tell me that we are on pace to have 10 more than the Chicago Bears, unacceptable. And Frank Wright has said there's been no discussion on on the O-line as of now. Why? No discussion. Are they seeing something we're not? Man, he's doing his typical, I don't want to talk about it. We're just going to figure it out. And then what's going to happen is we're going to have a great game one day where Matt Ryan's not going to get sacked any. He's going to have a ball-out game, and everyone's going to forget about how bad every other game was before. Then they're going to put it to the side until it matters again in another game where we play the Titans twice in, twice in four weeks, I think it is, or five weeks. And then something bad happens. You're like, oh, this looks like reminiscent of what happened last time or what happened before then. We know you can't sweep stuff like this under the rug. But that's that's the end of my talk for that. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk about the offensive line. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jamal, let's wrap it up with some Jelani Woods. Oh, for sure. Should he be starting? (sighs) Jay Woods. You know what, man? Honestly, I'm going to say the selfish side of Jamal, the bias side of Jamal says yes, because I said from the beginning that I thought that he would go ahead and jump through the rankings, uh, and I didn't think that he would even be in competition with Granson um, or – 
or the number two spot or really number four because when he came he was number four before it was uh before the injury so with this two touchdowns 14 yards of two receptions does not solidify him being the starter for me quite yet and the reason being is because i haven't seen him do any run blocking he had very minimal play during the preseason which bugged me because i wasn't really understanding why he wasn't getting the snaps but I would like to say that Matt Ryan must have just a smidge of confidence in him if he's willing to try to get him the ball twice. Could have been that he just saw him open, but I would like to think that a, a good quarterback would throw to a player they have confidence in. So I think that he is on the right trajectory, and I think that this game against the Titans will be a great game to find out because I, I do believe that this game will be one off, uh, well, I think it's going to be an overall sloppy game for both teams because both teams are playing pretty bad overall. I think the Titans are giving up 28 points a game. We're averaging 13 points a game. They're averaging 17 a game. So I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring one, but I think it's going to be one where turnovers will play a factor, and it's going to be us cap one team capitalizing off of that. So I do believe that if Woods gets the opportunity to be in there a little more often, he can show some of these run-blocking skills that we just talked about, how the Titans and the receivers aren't doing, and he can also probably have another chance to get in the end zone but I do believe he'll be a huge force in the red zone for the rest of the season based off what we see this 6-7 giant. Uh, I just don't believe that if you were to ask me today, should he be a starter today? I, I would still say no because I haven't had a chance to see him for more than two, three plays in, in his professional debut. So, Yeah, I would have to agree. I, I do think he needs to be at least on every snap in the red zone. Mm-hmm. In the next game, the next game, the one after next. I mean, he's our most athletic tight end. Yeah. He's a weapon. Needs to be utilized. Now, I said on, you know, every stat, he, does, he doesn't have to be targeted every time. You know, I just want that presence there to defensive coordinators to say, you got to watch out for this man. Mm-hmm. You probably should double team him because this man is a freak of nature in a good way. We still have Michael Pittman. We still have Alec Pierce, Naeem Hines, Jonathan Taylor. We have other weapons. You know, make it work, Frank Wright. Use it to your advantage, just like you did against Kansas City. Got him the ball twice in the end zone. I love that. I love that. Man is 6'7". Moves like a wide receiver. My goodness. On that second touchdown, just a little crossing route. Moving. Boy. Huge long frame. Strong-handed. You saw how strong them hands was. That's why I like to see unleash him again. But yeah, I agree with you, Jamal. Moali Cox, he's probably going to continue being first on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Frank Wright obviously doesn't like to make changes. Yeah, no, it's not Except on defense. Nick Cross, you know, he stepped back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they, they do some defensive changes. Not really much on offense. I think right now, Moali Cox is a better blocker than Jelani. And that's really important for us right now. So. He might not be the ultimate mismatch in the red zone like Jelani is. But he's still more experienced in that role. Still a better blocker, in my opinion. Got to give it to Mullally Cox right now. I think, you know, later down the road, Jelani develops. I mean, he definitely has the potential to be a tight end one for this team. Well, that's going to be it for us, everyone. I want to thank everyone for tuning to the Colts cast. Release episodes bi-weekly. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back Sunday to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Sunday, fun day. Yeah, y'all have a good weekend. And don't forget, hit that bell. 
hit the, the notification buttons. It'll let you know every time a new episode drops. Absolutely. 